Is this your stapler, Roy? No. No, it's not. I used it for one thing. How many staples did you use? Six or seven. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six. Is that seven? Why do you need to know? I just do. I need to know. You know I need to know, and you never count how many staples you've used. Eight, nine, <laughs> five, five, ten, ten, is that twenty? There you go, Moss. Right, Harry. Did you see that ludicrous display last night? What was they thinking, sending Walker on that early? The thing about Arsenal is they always try and walk it in. That is true. See you later, Moss. Well, there you go. <laughs> saying football things in a football voice. How do you know about football things? I was this new site. It basically sends you a list of football phrases that you can use in normal conversation. Updated daily. It's great. I only use it so I can say something to the postman. It's got a pronunciation guide or pronunciation guide. Oh. Did you see that ludicrous display last night? You can get it sent to your phone so that even when I'm away from my desk, I can still sound like I'm just a big, normal man. 45. <laughs> 50. 50. Oh, hey, uh, Ma, send me a link for that, will you? Eat. Sleep. Links. Repeat. Ooh, let's your brain big enough? Welcome. This is the Atari Lynx Handicast. This is episode 18, World Class Foosball Soccer. So here once again is your team captain, Mark Little. Well thank you Monty. Today's game is part number PA2037, World Class Fussball Soccer, released by Atari Corporation in 1992. Excuse me, Mark. Uh, yes Monty? That's not how that word is pronounced. What word? Soccer? No, not soccer. Fußball. It's not pronounced fussball? No. It's the German word for football. Football? But we're not talking about football, we're talking about soccer. That's football. What's football? Fußball. I thought today's episode is about soccer. It is about soccer. It's the same game. <laughs> I don't think so, Monty. Football is played on a gridiron with heavily clad players that are trying to move a pigskin towards the opposing team's goalposts just so they can score a touchdown. Yes, that is right. But you're saying that's soccer, right? No, I'm not saying that. But you mean football is soccer? Yes, it is. Then what's fussball? Foosball. It's football. Or soccer. I'm afraid I'm confused. Why? Yes, yes you are. So, 
What should I call today's game? As you are obviously an easily confused American who thinks football is not soccer but something else entirely. I think it best for the purposes of what brevity we have left in this episode to refer to today's game simply as world-class soccer. Well, okay then, if you say so. I do. Fine. Then today's game is part number PA2037, World-Class Soccer. Is that better, Monty? That'll do, pig. What did you say? Ray, he's kicked the ball. <laughs> now the ball's over there. That man has it now. That's an interesting development. <laughs> Maybe he'll kick the ball. He has indeed, and apparently that deserves a round of applause. Will you shut up? They're going to hear you. This is the worst thing in the world. What could I do? He bought the tickets on the phone when we were in the pub. I could hardly say no, could I? Can I use this? I don't know. Just promise me we won't do anything else with them. I want to go back to being weird. I like being weird. Weird's all I've got. That and a sweet style. OK, look, we'll make our excuses when the match is over. How long do football matches last? A billion hours, apparently. Vital Statistics Here are the vital statistics that I have about today's game, World Class Soccer. Release date and initial retail price. World Class Soccer was published and released by Atari Corporation in September of 1992. I was able to ascertain the original retail price of the game in the UK, £19.99, but I could not find an original retail price for the game in the US. I would imagine, given the exchange rate at the time, that it was likely around $24.99. Linksters can either confirm or correct that price for me. Game Genre It is an isometric view, two-dimensional scrolling sports game for one player or for two opposing players using the Comlinks cable. Based on It is based on the field sport of football, or soccer as it is known in the US, Australia and a few other countries. Cartridge Information World Class Soccer is housed on a mono, curved lip-style cartridge of unknown ROM size. Screenplay Field Orientation The screenplay field orientation for the game is landscape or horizontal. Game Levels There are no specific levels in World Class Soccer. Ports of the game to other systems This game was an Atari Lynx exclusive and was not specifically ported to any other systems. Packaging The box for World Class Soccer is a regular sized full color standard flap tab style box 5 and 3 8 inches high by 4 and 3 8 inches wide by 7 8 inches deep. Front of the box the background of the box front is black. Covering most of the box front is the cover art, outlined in a lime green frame. The cover art depicts four soccer players, two players in white short sleeve jerseys with blue shorts striped with red, and two players in solid red long sleeve jerseys and solid black shorts. All four players are depicted in an action shot as they battle over the soccer ball, which is emblazoned with the number 32 at the bottom of the art. This cover art is superimposed over a grainy white matting, inside of which is a stylized background of blurry blue soccer balls above a panel of green grass at the bottom, ostensibly representing the soccer pitch. Straddling the cover art at the bottom and surrounded by a lime green frame is the standard Atari Lynx cartouche. Below the Lynx logo within the cartouche are the words video game card and carte de jeu in white block lettering. 
Superimposed over the white matting at the top of the cover art is the title, World Class Fussball Soccer. Foosball. Oh, yeah, right. Got it, Monty. Thanks. Uh, World Class appears in small black block capital lettering at the very top, and Fussball Soccer... Foosball. Oh, sorry. Yes, Foosball. Uh, Foosball Soccer appears below a horizontal line below the words World Class in larger pink capital block lettering. A small black TM or trademark can be seen just to the lower right of the title. Beneath the cover art, at the lower left corner of the box, is the Atari Fuji logo and name in white, with a small white circled R registered trademark just to the right. Finally, straddling the bottom right corner of the box cover is the standard yellow Comlinks triangular banner, with one to two players links up in black lettering within the triangle, angled upwards at 45 degrees. Back of the box. The background of the box back is white. Most of the back is enclosed within a lime green frame. Straddling the frame at the top is the title, World Class Fussball Soccer. Foosball. Oh, right, foosball. In the same font and colors as it appears on the front cover. A small black TM appears to the lower right of the title. Within the frame are two left and right screenshots near the top, also outlined in lime green. The left screenshot shows a yellow playfield, not a green one with an isometric view of two soccer players in blue uniforms on the soccer pitch within the circle at midfield. A third player in red can be seen just outside the circle at the bottom of the screenshot, and the legs of two other players, one in red shorts and one in blue shorts, can just be seen at the top of the screenshot. The score at the upper left reads 0-0 in a blue font, and at the upper right 0-4 in a red font. The right screenshot depicts the same yellow, not green, playfield, this time with a blue goal net at the right. A player in the red uniform stands some distance away at the left of the screenshot with a soccer ball. I shall call the soccer ball, Wilson. <laughs> right. The soccer ball appears in the center as if having just been kicked towards the goal. The scores indicated in this screenshot are 10 in a red font at the upper left and 00 in a blue font at the upper right. Beneath the two screenshots is the following paragraph in small black lettering. All the thrills and excitement of the world's most popular game are right in your hands. Play against a friend or against the computer. Beneath this paragraph are five other paragraphs, each of which translates the English paragraph into French, German, Italian, Spanish, and Dutch, with the French, Italian, and Dutch paragraphs displayed entirely in bold font. Straddling the bottom of the lime green frame box in its own oblong lime green frame with rounded corners is a small version of the standard gray and black cartouche with the words Video Game Card and Cat de Jeux in white block letters below the Lynx logo. At the lower left of the box is the Atari Fuji logo and name in black, with a small black circled R registered trademark just to the right of the name. At the bottom center of the box is printed in small black font, World Class Soccer, Atari, the Atari logo, Lynx, and Comlinks are TMs or registered trademarks of Atari Corporation, all rights reserved, printed in Hong Kong, made in China. Below that, in slightly larger black font, is Copyright 1992, Atari Corporation, Sunnyvale, California, 94089-1302. Finally, as usual, at the bottom right of the box back is displayed the official seal of the FBI, bracketed at the top by the phrase, Winners Don't Use Drugs, and at the bottom with the name William S. Sessions, Director, FBI. Box tabs. Printed on the bottom left inside tab of My World Class Soccer Box, is a small circle with the numbers 1 through 12 surrounding it, similar to a clock face, but with the number 9 missing. Inside the circle is printed the number 1992. This, of course, would indicate that the print date for my box was in the ninth month, or September, of 1992. 
Above the circle are the initials GC, which refer to one of several printing houses that Atari used between August of 1987 and June of 1990 to print what is known among Atari 2600 game collectors as the red box boxes. The outside of the bottom tab includes the CE mark. As I mentioned in episode 15, Basket Brawl, CE stands for Conformité Erupine. Please forgive my French. According to the CE marking website, the CE mark is a symbol that must be affixed to many products before they can be sold on the European market. The mark indicates that the product does these things. It fulfills the requirements of relevant European product directives. It meets all the requirements of the relevant recognized European harmonized performance and safety standards. And it is fit for its purpose and will not endanger lives or property. Living in the U.S. means that we don't usually see this symbol as readily as European shoppers do. The center of the bottom flap includes addresses for the Atari importers in six different countries. The UK, Spain, France, Germany, Italy, and Holland, or the Netherlands. On the right of the bottom flap is the Atari Fuji logo and name in black with a small black circled R registered trademark just to the right of the name. Finally, the top flap of my box includes the part number PA2037 printed at the lower left. At the center of the flap is the title in black and pink as it appears on the front of the box. And at the right of the flap is a UPC barcode with the numbers 0-77000-02025-3. And if any of you Linksters have world-class soccer boxes with different information on the tabs of the flaps, just let me know so that I can share that info with my listeners. The Manual the instruction manual for world-class soccer is a multi-language, stapled, regular-sized booklet in monochrome, measuring the usual 4 and 7 eighths inches high by 3 and 3 quarters inches wide. It consists of 52 pages, including the front and back covers. It was likely written by veteran Lynx manual writer Scott Rhodes. We'll actually hear more from him in the listener feedback segment coming up. The background of the world-class soccer manual cover is black, with the cover art surrounded by a light gray frame taking up most of the page. The cover art is a monochrome version of the box cover art. Above the cover art at the top are the following words in white font against the black background. Game Manual, Manuel de Jeu, and Spiel Handbook on the left, and Manuale Gioco, Manual del Juego, and Spell Handleiding on the right. Straddling the bottom of the cover art frame is the standard Atari Lynx cartouche with the words Video Game Card and Cat de Jeu beneath. Finally, the Atari Fuji logo and name are positioned in the bottom left corner of the cover in white. Inside the front cover at the bottom of the page is a paragraph of accuracy boilerplate. Below that is the World Class Soccer, Atari, the Atari logo, Lynx, and Comlynx copyright and registered trademark information. Below that is Copyright 1992, Atari Corporation, Sunnyvale, California, 94089-1302, all rights reserved. The rest of the inside cover is blank. On the next page after that, labeled as page 1, are the following two paragraphs under the heading, Link's World Class Soccer. You've worked all year to make it to the World Class Finals. Now you are out on the field, chasing the ball through the mud against the defending world champions. An opposing speedster is dribbling the ball downfield showing quick feet and fast reflexes. You run up from behind. As he prepares to shoot, you slide in and kick the ball away. One of your teammates takes the ball and streaks toward the goal. Do you have what it takes to be a champion in the world's most popular sport? The action is fierce and the competition intense as you try to capture the title for your country. Getting started instructions are listed below these paragraphs. 
Setting up instructions begin on page 2 and continue on to the top half of page 4. These instructions include selecting teams instructions, automatic setup information, and game options instructions. Playing the game instructions begin halfway down page 4 and continue on through to the top two-thirds of page 6. Strategy instructions begin at the bottom of page 6 and continue on to page 7. Page 8 is blank. Pages 9 through 16 include the same instructions and copyright info, translated into French. Pages 17 through 24 include the same instructions and copyright info translated into German. Pages 25 through 31 include the same instructions and copyright info translated into Italian. Page 32 is blank. Pages 33 through 40 include the same instructions and copyright info translated into Spanish. And pages 41 through 48 include the same instructions and copyright info translated into Dutch. The inside back cover includes a gallery of six game screens from World Class Soccer in monochrome. These screenshots are referred to within the instructions for each of the six languages. And the back cover itself is mostly blank except for the Atari Fuji logo and registered trademark and name at the bottom left. Beneath that logo, copyright 1992 Atari Corporation, Sunnyvale, California, 94089-1302, all rights reserved. On the bottom right corner of the back cover of my manual is printed C398105-037, revision A, printed in Hong Kong, G.C.9.1992. And here's an interesting tidbit. The word fussball, foosball. Oh, sorry, Monty. Yes, the word foosball appears on the cover of the manual, but appears nowhere else in the manual at all, except, of course, in the German language pages. So, having said that, I guess that covers the vital statistics for world-class soccer. Atari Lynx Handicast will return after this brief vintage advert. If MTV were a foosball player, he would dominate the Pro Tour unmercifully. The ferocity of his beatdowns would be the stuff of legend. He'd display a smorgasbord of brutal offensive violations. Shots such as the Prism, the Jalalabad, and of course the definitive backcourt crowd pleaser, the Sodomizer. If MTV were a foosball player, he would dominate the Pro Tour unmercifully. My name's Doug McCoy, and I like podcasts about the things that interest me. So what interests me? Movies from the 80s, anthology TV shows, and just a bunch of random junk like the Atari 2600, the Nintendo, comic books, and all that good stuff from my childhood. So if you are interested in the things I'm interested in, come to McCoycast.wordpress.com or find the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Here's a rundown of the people credited with creating World Class Soccer. Working title. The working title for World Class Soccer was Super Soccer. Alternate title. The splash screen displays the title simply as World Class Soccer. It does not include the word fussball. 
Foosball. Right. Developer. World Class Soccer was developed by Brian A. Rice. In 1981, Mr. Rice founded a third-party development company outside of Chicago, Brian A. Rice Incorporated, that did PC and console development. The company started off by making educational software for the Apple II, then moved on to develop titles for Mindscape and Activision for the PC platform, then console titles for Sega, Sega! Atari, Activision, and Sunsoft. The company lasted until 1996. Besides this game, the only other title Rice developed for the Lynx was Lynx Casino, also in 1992. Programmers The programmers for World Class Soccer were Ted R. Niemiec, Brian A. Rice, Rob McCool, and William B. Norris IV. This was the only Lynx game for which Niemiec, McCool, and Norris are credited, and 1992's Lynx Casino was the only other Lynx game that Rice had a hand in. Niemiec, Rice, and Norris also served as designers for this game. Graphics. Graphic work for World Class Soccer was completed by Rick Encroci, Glenn Lezak, Joel Sater, Ted R. Niemiec, and Thomas L. Fessler. In addition to this game, Encroci and Fessler both also performed art and graphics work on the Lynx game Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in 1991. And Sater, who has worked at Midway Games since 1998, did engineering and graphics work for the 1991 Lynx title Packland and engineering work for the 1992 Lynx title Pinball Jam. This was the only Lynx game that Glenn Lezak worked on. Music and sound effects. Clifford Falls and Chuck Batson provided the music for World Class Soccer. In addition to this game, Falls composed music for the 1992 Lynx release Batman Returns and Batson composed music for the 1992 game Lynx Casino. Batson's contribution is not surprising, because as you'll hear in the Playing the Game segment coming up, the music for Lynx Casino sounds very similar to the music in World Class Soccer. Gameplay Consultants Finally, Ihor Katinsky and Thomas L. Fessler served as gameplay consultants for this game. And that completes my coverage of the credits for World Class Soccer. The Atari Lynx Handycast will return after this brief advert. This is the city, Los Angeles, California. The city never sleeps. The movie theaters, the restaurants, the parties, the burlesque clubs, the tiddlywinks parlors, the all-night wicker emporiums. They go on from dusk to dawn, and so does the crime. No, crime never sleeps, and that's where I come in. My name is Sergeant Joe Hackaday, and I carry a badge. It's not much to look at as badges go, but I'm kind of stuck on it. I was working the day watch out of the Domestic Distrust Division. It was a Friday afternoon, May 17th. It was hot, 105 degrees in the shade, of which there is precious little in the city. Humidity was at 98%. The barometric pressure was rising. At exactly 3.49 Greenwich Mean Time, I received a telephone call about a domestic disturbance at an apartment in the Cucamonga Heights section, a typical middle-class neighborhood. I left headquarters and hoofed it on out to the address. My partner, Detective Montague, was already there. What do you got, Money? The caller is a one, Bob Shaw Mac from Racine, Wisconsin. He lives in apartment 12B up the stairs and on the right at the end of the corridor. Claims that his girlfriend is involved in some kind of cult. Listening to a certain retro gaming podcast all day and then spending her evenings buying merchandise online from something called the Handy Shop. Sounds like a front for some kind of demented sicko to me, Sergeant. Come on, let's check it out.
Greetings and salutations to you, sirs. Just the facts, ma'am. Um, I'm a sir. Oh, sorry, sir. My mistake. You're Bob Shermack of Racine, Wisconsin? I am? I'm Sergeant Hackaday, and this is Detective Montague. We're from the Domestic Distrust Division. You make a call to headquarters about your girlfriend? Indeed I did. Want to tell me about it? My girlfriend, Maxine Levine. She from Racine, too? Why, yes. Yes, she is. Maxine Levine from Racine? That's right. Go on. She listens to this Handicast podcast all day long. It's about the Atari Lynx. I see. Then at night... At night? Yes. She jumps on the interweb and purchases all this stuff from something called the Handy Shop. She gets all kinds of things from there. Like hats? Yes. T-shirts? Yes, sir. Coffee mugs? Yep. Ballpoint pens? Yup. Water bottles? Uh-huh. Desk notebooks? You got it. Mouse pads? Aye, aye. Tote bags? Affirmative. Polo shirts? Si, senor. Jackets? Wee, oui, wee. Oui. Drawstring bags? Yaha. Uh-huh. Is this stuff any good? I mean, it's not a lot of cheap knockoffs, is it? It's quality merchandise at the highest caliber. I see. You have any proof of these purchases, Mr. Sharmack? I want to make sure she's not buying illegal contraband. Why, yes. Yes, I do. Here's her latest receipt from the handy shop. She bought this stuff last night. Let me see that. Hmm, very reasonable prices. Good variety of shipping options and payment methods, too. And all the proceeds go towards supporting the Atari Lynx Handicast's hosting and domain costs? I believe so, yes. And you think she's involved with a cult? Isn't she? No, she isn't. We're very familiar with the Atari Lynx Handicast, and it's not a cult. It's a normal, run-of-the-mill, retro gaming podcast about an underappreciated retro handheld console. Ooh. Most of the squad members, except for Monty here... I don't have internet. Most of them back at headquarters listen to the Handicast every month. Ooh. And now, I need to take this receipt back to headquarters. As evidence? No, I want to buy some of this stuff for myself. I'm a lynx head from way back. Don't worry about Maxine. She's okay. And she sounds like my kind of lady. Treat her right. Thank you. I will. That's a relief, Sergeant. All in a day's work, Mr. Shermack. You can find any and all officially branded Atari Lynx Handicast merchandise at the Handy Shop. Check it out at atarilynxhandicast.net slash handyshop. Playing the game. Per the manual, world-class fussball soccer. Foosball. Right, sorry Monty. World-class foosball soccer is a fast-action soccer game simulation. It takes practice, fast reflexes, and quick wits to defeat the world's greatest teams. Object of the game. Very basically, the game of soccer is played on a rectangular field, or pitch, with two teams of 11 players each. The purpose is to make a goal by advancing a ball over the opposing team's goal line into the goal net by using any part of the body except the hands and arms, while at the same time defending one's own team goal and keeping the opposing team from scoring. The team scoring the most goals after a predetermined period of time, in this case between 10 and 90 minutes, wins the game. Title screen. After the world-class soccer card is inserted into the links, the silent title screen with the solid green background appears. It depicts a soccer player with a red long sleeve jersey and blue shorts, both with white stripes on the side. The player is also wearing white knee socks and white sneakers, and he's running in from the left kicking a soccer ball. A large golden trophy cup is positioned on the right side of the screen with the words World Class in a small 3D white colored font below the cup, and the words Soccer in a larger 3D gold colored font below that. Across the bottom in small white capital lettering is Copyright 1992 Atari Corp. After a few seconds, this screen disappears, then reappears as the title music begins.
As the music begins playing, the soccer player depicted becomes animated, kicking the ball into the distance with his back to the viewer as he looks to the right. Turn to the right! After making his kick, his pose remains frozen on the title screen, revealing a large white Atari Fuji logo on the back of his jersey. After a few seconds, a large animated black and white soccer ball rolls across the screen. After it swipes past, a black screen is revealed and credits for the programmer's name in capital white letters, fringed in blue, rolls up from the bottom and stops for a few seconds. The animated soccer ball again rolls across the screen, swiping the programmer's names away and revealing the credits for the graphics. This process repeats for the music and sound credits and for the game's designers. Then a long whistle sound is heard, and the screen revealed displays in white font developed by Brian A. Rice Incorporated. The company's brown logo appears in the center. The animated soccer ball again rolls across the screen and the credits for gameplay consulting are displayed. The screen then returns to the frozen title screen with the soccer players back to the viewer, all while the title music continues to cycle on in a loop. Pressing either the A or B button reveals the option screen, again as the title music continues. The options screen. This screen displays three options in capital yellow lettering against a bright blue background. Select teams, automatic setup, and game options. A graphic of a black and white soccer ball appears to the left of the top selection, which is select teams. The player can move the soccer ball up or down with the D-pad to choose the option desired, then press either the A or B button to open the desired option. Select teams screen. If the player chooses select teams, the screen changes to a map of the world with Europe highlighted in red, and the select team screen music begins to play. Moving the D-pad left or right highlights in red the different continents or regions North America, Central America, South America, Europe, Africa, Asia, and Pacific Islands. Once the desired continent or region is highlighted, with the corresponding name displayed in red at the bottom of the screen, pressing either the A or B button reveals a list of countries from that continent or region superimposed over the map in a gray font in alphabetical order. Moving the D-pad up or down allows the player to select the desired home team country and pressing either the A or B button selects it. The screen then changes to three gray horizontal panels, two larger ones at the upper two-thirds of the screen and a smaller one at the bottom. The chosen home team country's flag and name appear in blue font in the top panel. The bottom smaller panel displays in capital yellow lettering, press button A or B. Doing so takes the player back to the options screen. In one player mode, the player uses the same procedure to also choose the visiting team, although the team will be controlled by the game's AI. After this is done, the three panel screen returns and the visiting team home country's flag and name appear in the middle panel in red font. In two player mode, each player chooses only his own country's team. 
After the teams are selected, pressing either the A or B button advances the players or player back to the options screen. Automatic setup screen. The automatic setup option chooses the teams for you. The three panel screen displays the teams that were randomly chosen, then pressing either the A or B button takes the player back to the options screen. Game options screen. The game options screen allows players to customize the game. The screen looks the same as the options screen with a bright blue background and yellow capital lettering, only this screen has the following four options. Skill level, with choices from one, two, or three, three being the hardest. Game time, with choices of 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, or 90 minutes. And don't worry, the times for playing the game are not the actual time. The clock turns over one minute for roughly every seven seconds of actual time, which means a full 90 minute game actually only takes about 14 real minutes. Auto switch or manual switch, which allows the player to choose whether to activate a player on his or her own using the D-pad, or to allow the player closest to the ball to be activated. And field, with choices of mud for a muddy field, dry for a dry field, or random, either a muddy or a dry field chosen randomly. After a player chooses which game option to change by moving the D-pad up or down, moving the D-pad left or right toggles between the various options. Once the player is content with the choices made, pressing either the A or B button returns the player back to the option screen, and pressing either the A or B button again at this point will take the player to the soccer pitch and a short whistle blows to begin the gameplay. Gameplay mode. At this point, the game itself begins on the green soccer pitch or field. As most of my listeners probably possess at least a rudimentary understanding of the rules of soccer, or football if you prefer, I won't outline them here. Instead, I'll highlight verbiage from the manual that particularly pertains to aspects of playing this version of the game on the Atari Lynx. That sounds reasonable. Well, thank you, Monty. The visiting team kicks off to start the game. Pressing the D-pad controls the direction of the kick. Kickoffs are automatic, so you should be prepared to receive and dribble the ball. During gameplay, an arrow points to the active player. When you are on the offense, the active player is always the player with the ball. When you are on the defense, the active player is either the player closest to the ball or the goalie. To switch between a defensive player and the goalie, press option 2. If you choose the goalie, the field zooms out to give you a wider view. If you select a defensive or offensive player, the field zooms in to just show the area around the ball. Offense. Press the A button to pass the ball to the closest player or in the direction you press on the D-pad if you are close to your opponent's goal. To kick the ball hard and high, press the B button. After kicking the ball, the active player changes to the player nearest the ball if automatic switch was chosen in the game options menu. If manual switch was chosen in that menu, option 1 must be pressed to change players. Touch the ball with the player and start moving towards the goal. Keep an eye out for your teammates so that you can pass the ball to them. Also, be aware of the time. Every five minutes, in game time, not real time, the total game time elapsed will be displayed briefly at the top center of the screen in capital white lettering, and again for each game time minute during the final five minutes of the game. Defense. Try to prevent a goal by taking the ball away. Press the D-pad to control your active player. Use the shaded strips on the field as a guide to where you are in relation to the offensive player. Press the A button to try to kick the ball away from the opponent, this is called a tackle, and press the B button to try a sliding tackle against your opponent. If you make a tackle, the ball is loose, but you can take control of the ball by touching it with your active player. If you do not take the ball away, your opponent will try to kick a goal when he is close enough to score. 
When your opponent is ready to kick towards the goal, your own goalie becomes the active player. Press the A button to make your goalie dive low for the ball and the B button to make him dive high. If the goalie stops the ball, he carries it in his hands. Press the B button for your goalie to kick the ball in the desired direction or press the A button for your goalie to throw the ball. Scoring. If the goalie does not stop the ball from going into the net, the opposing team scores a goal, the crowd cheers, and a scoreboard appears listing both teams with each team's current score. Each goal is worth one point. After a goal, the team that did not score gets the ball in a kickoff in the circle at midfield. Out of bounds. If the ball goes out of bounds, the team that touched the ball last becomes the defensive team. The offensive team throws the ball in. Press the D-pad in the direction you wish to throw the ball, then press either the A or B button. If the ball goes out of bounds near the goal, the team that has the ball gets a corner kick, which is like a throw-in except that the player must kick the ball in. Penalties. A penalty kick may be awarded if a defensive player is penalized for an illegal tackle. In a penalty kick, one player faces the goalie one-on-one. -on -one. The player tries to score a quick goal. Press the A button to kick high or the B button to kick low while using the D-pad to control the direction. If you are the goalie, try to stop the kick in the usual way. Game strategies. Here are some strategy tips from the World Class Soccer Manual. The game can be difficult to play. This is especially true when you play against the computer. If you can, practice against a human opponent, especially one who is just a little bit better than you are, until you get the hang of the game. If you cannot play against a human opponent, don't get frustrated if you lose the first few games. With a little practice, you will soon be able to beat the computer. Learn to use the color shades on the field to judge your location. It does not do any good to try sliding tackles against a player who is nowhere near you. On defense, try to steal the ball by getting in the way of an opposing player. This can be a very effective way to get control of the ball. When you kick the ball in automatic mode, whether on offense or defense, the active player changes. Get used to this change. Beginners will often keep trying to control the old active player. All this does is move the real active player away from the ball. Yes, I had a lot of trouble with that myself. Game ending. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. The game ends when the predetermined time period expires. Whichever team has scored the most goals at that point is the winner. Pretty simple. And that, players, is how you play world-class soccer. The Atari Lynx Handycast will return after this brief vintage advert. So you want another reason to buy an Atari Lynx? 16-bit action, sports, great sport. You got NFL football, hockey, basketball, baseball heroes. Now Lynx is just $79.99. Lynx has hot arcade hits, Toki, Steel Talents, we've even got pinball jams, two great big pinball machines jammed into one incredible cart. Hey, for a limited time, Lynx is only $79.99. Over 4,000 colors on the largest portable video screen available. So get your shoes and run to the store, you know you want a Lynx. The most fun you can hold in your hands, Lynx by Atari. COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease may include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you are experiencing these symptoms and have come into contact or are in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult with a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. 
This has been an important public service announcement from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Reviews and Ratings I didn't find many reviews for world-class soccer. Many of the ones I did find came from non-English publications. So for those reviews, I only include final ratings or scores, as I am not fluent in either French or German. As I highlight the reviews that I did find, please remember that links to the complete reviews, including the non-English ones, can be found in the links links in the show notes. So let's kick off. Review. Michael Paul on page 135 in the September 1992 issue, number 10, of the German publication Video Games Magazine, gave World Class Soccer the following ratings. Graphics, 48%, music, 36%, sound effects, 25%, and an overall rating of 38%. If you read German, the entire review is linked in the show notes. So help yourself. Review. Amaya Lopez on page 79 of the September 1992 issue, number 35, of the UK magazine Zero, said this about the game. World-class soccer is a bit of a misnomer here. All right, the territory is the world, and the program on the links is big enough to encompass all five continents and offer a choice of teams from each of them in alphabetical order. But when it comes to actually playing the wretched thing, it really doesn't cut the mustard. Not by any means the best game for the links. Amaya's score was 50 out of 100. Review. An unidentified reviewer in the September 1992 issue, number 11, of the UK magazine Game Zone, said this about world-class soccer. Lord Paul in baggy shorts kicking a pig skin on a muddy field. World-class soccer this ain't. Verdict, more disappointing than the European Championship. The reviewer gives the game a score of 49 out of 100. Review. Martin Gatch on page 158 of the October 1992 issue, number 55, of the German magazine Power Play, gave world-class soccer the following ratings. Graphics, 47%, and sound, 29%, with an overall rating of 35%. Again, if you read German, the entire review is linked in the show notes for you. Review. Nordine Nini, in both the January 1993 issue, number 16, of the French magazine Joypad, page 138, and in the January 1993 issue, number 34, of the French magazine Joystick, page 227, gave world-class soccer the following ratings. Graphics, 14, animation, 16, gameplay, 16, sound, 13, and an overall rating of 82%. If you read French, the entire review is linked in the show notes. Review. Olivier Scamps, on page 142 of the January-February 1993 issue, number 27, of the French magazine Player One, gave world-class soccer the following ratings. Graphics, 80%, animation, 50%, sound, 41%, Enjoyability 40%, Difficulty Variable, Lifespan 78%, and Player Fun 20%, with an overall rating of 51%. Again, if you read French, the entire review is linked in the show notes. Review. Veteran writer Robert A. Jung's 1999 review of World Class Soccer, which was updated in 2018 and posted at IGN.com, ends with this verdict. This game has the ingredients for a quality soccer game but assembles them into a disappointing ensemble that could have been better. While the hard-to-follow game action can be overcome with perseverance, 
only devoted soccer fans will care to invest the time that world-class soccer requires for mastery. Review. Kieran Hawkins' review of world-class soccer from his 2019 book, The A to Z of Atari Lynx Games, Volume 1, includes this assessment. The worst thing about this title is that no matter which teams you pick to play as or against, they always wear red and blue. For me, this is absolutely unforgivable. The blocky players look awful, and they kind of jerk around the pitch slowly trying to kick the ball. It plays so sluggish that it's almost impossible to put together any decent play and even harder to score a goal. The sound is nothing to rave about either, with a substandard title tune and really mediocre in-game effects. This is by far the worst game ever released for the Atari Lynx, and whoever let it tarnish the otherwise great reputation this handheld has should be shot. Kieran gave the game a score of 3 out of 10. Review. Finally, John McHugh at AtariGamer.com said this about World Class Soccer in his 2018 review of the game. I found myself enjoying this title, but not as much as I would have liked. Still, I liked it far more than those who hate the game. I don't think it's as bad as some reviewers say it is, actually. This is a soccer game that plays sufficiently enough, is enjoyable, and is a nice way to spend an afternoon playing jaunt. Sure, there aren't a huge number of options, and things are kept pretty straightforward, and I totally understand why some players find the game less than inspiring, but I also think it's worth Link soccer fans giving the game a go and seeing what they think. European Soccer Challenge certainly delivers a more nuanced game overall, but when it comes right down to it, this game is at least worth a decent passing grade. I had some good fun with it, and I still do. Try a kickoff in this world-class fussball and see if I'm accurate. Foosball. Yeah, foosball. John gave the game the following ratings. Graphics, 6.5. Sound, 6.5. Controls, 6.5. Challenge, 7. Playability, 6. And an overall score of 6 out of 10. Mark's review. Well, I gotta say, I think generally, sports games, especially team ball sports games, do not play well in video games, even on the links. The problem essentially comes down to how the video game player can control one or more players in a team when those players all occupy different positions on the field at any given time. And no amount of clever controller shortcuts, while using a somewhat limited controlling device like the Lynx, can really capture the feel and gameplay of the original sport. And World Class Soccer is no exception. What I like. Well, the title music isn't too bad, but it's nothing to write home about either. The graphics are at least passable. I never had any problem knowing where the ball was or which team player had possession of it. And having teams from 100 countries to choose from for the match is a nice touch. What I don't like. Well, first of all, having said that being able to choose a team from one of 100 countries is nice, it's important to note that doing so doesn't affect the gameplay at all. Even the uniforms are generic no matter what country's team you choose. They're either red or blue. The only thing that choosing teams in world-class soccer accomplishes, in my opinion, is providing a name for the winning and losing teams on the scoreboard at the end of the match. I don't like that. To me, it's a cheap attempt to introduce strategy into choosing teams for the game when, in fact, there is no strategy at all. A nod's as good as a wink to a blind bat, eh? Secondly, I think that the sound effects in the game, of which there are very few, are appallingly spartan and repetitive. And finally, let me talk about the controls. In this game, I was unable to control the players on my team to do what I wanted them to do. That usually boiled down to trying to get my team players to run faster than the opposing players, or getting them to do sliding tackles against opposing players to gain control of the ball, or enabling them to accurately aim kicks towards the goal. I'm unable to get them to do any of those things in any reliable way, 
despite many practice sessions playing the game. In short, there is just too much blind luck and not enough strategy in this game to make playing it enjoyable for me. It's like those electric shake and rattle metal tabletop football games from my childhood. Maybe fun to watch, but completely bereft of any kind of control whatsoever. I know I'm fussing in this review, but the game is called Fussball, right? Foosball. Oh, never mind, Monty. So, here are my ratings for World Class Soccer. Gameplay, two links. Graphics, three links. Controls, one link. Music, two links. And sound effects, two links. And that makes my overall rating for World Class Soccer 2.0 links out of 5. And that finishes up my coverage of reviews for World Class Soccer. Links Handicast will return after this podcast promotion. Hey, you ever sit around the house and wonder, hey, what's going on with news or anything exciting? I do. I do. How about if you sat around the house and you thought, hey, what movies are out right now? Or what does somebody have for show and tell? If you've ever wondered any of that, you can listen to our show, Please Stand By. And come along with us as we journey down all of those items to tell you what's going on with us. Because you care about us. (laughs) As you should. Right. (laughs) Or you better. www.zerbinator.wordpress.com Come by there for all your podcasting needs. Hi, I'm Marvin Fanortner, and I'm a Victoria's Secret male model. I live a whirlwind life, jetting from Paris to New York to Monte Carlo for modeling engagements. The work is tough and demanding, as there is always a gala fashion show just around the corner. So how do I relieve all the stress and sexual tension that a Victoria's Secret male model lifestyle piles on top of me? I just sit back with a cup of Earl Grey tea, close my eyes, and listen to the Tube Tunes podcast. It helps me realize what's really important in life. So when your hectic life is keeping you from stopping to smell the roses... Log on to iTunes and Stitcher and download TubeTunes, and it will really help you stop and listen to the themes. And believe me, it will take your mind off the drudgery of a beach filled with bikini-clad hardies. I mean it. You should do it. Do it now. It's not hard. Well, it might be. <laughs> wink, wink. Listen to TubeTunes and just watch that filthy glamour and decadence melt away. Oh, by the way, Cindy Crawford told me that she listens to two tones. You know what her favorite theme song is? Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Go figure. Beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Fun facts and trivia.
Here are some fun facts and trivia that I found for world-class soccer. Prices at eBay. There were two single-cart manual combos of world-class soccer sold on eBay in the last 90 days. One from the U.S. that sold for $19.95 and one from Australia that sold for $37.74, averaging $28.85. There was one single CIB of world-class soccer sold that went for $52.99. And there were three single NIB copies of world-class soccer sold, one of them from the U.S. with a scuffed box that went for $49.95, plus two more from Germany that sold for $31.73 and $33.30, with an average price for all three of $38.33. Values Digital Press gives World Class Soccer a value of $12 for a loose cartridge. Pricecharting.com gives World Class Soccer a value of $13.81 for a loose cartridge, $30.10 for a CIB, $61 for an NIB, $12.04 for a box only, and $7.53 for a manual only. And on rarityguide.com, World Class Soccer is given a value of $64 for a new in-box copy, $32 for a complete in-box copy, and $11 for a loose cartridge. Prices at other retailers. Bruce at BNC Computer Visions in the US is selling World Class Soccer for $49.95 for an NIB with a scuffed box, and for $19.95 for a cart manual combo. You can find them through his online store on eBay under the username MyAtari. At Best Electronics, CIB copies of World Class Soccer are selling for $45.95 and loose carts are selling for $9.95. This information was last updated on the site on January 7, 2021, so be sure to check the Best Electronics website for updated availability and prices. World Class Soccer was not available at the Gamesman in Australia. The Goat Store has a loose cart of World Class Soccer with a damaged label selling for $0.99 cents, and a CIB of the game with a damaged box selling for $3.98. Telegames in the UK has new old stock copies of World Class Soccer with box and manual for sale for £29.99 including tax. And finally, Video 61 and Atari Sales is charging $49.95 for a new in-box copy of World Class Soccer. Rarity. Atari Age gives World Class Soccer a rarity score of 4, which is Scarce Plus. Getting harder to find, it may be difficult to track down all the Scarce Plus cartridges if you are only hunting locally. For that reason, you may have to resort to online resources to track down all of these, although you should be able to pick them up inexpensively. AtariGamer.com gives World Class Soccer a rarity score of 39 out of 100 for the standard boxed version, which is uncommon starting to get difficult to find but still accessible. Digital Press provides no rarity score for World Class Soccer, and RarityGuide.com gives a rarity rating of 60% out of 100% for World Class Soccer. High Scores There are no high scores recorded for World Class Soccer at either HighScore.com, Twin Galaxies, or at the Atari Age Lynx High Score Club, mainly because this isn't really a high score game. It's all about winning or losing a match, not about how many points are collected, at least not directly. And in that regard, I'll simply report that in my many game sessions with World Class Soccer, I was never able to win a single match. Cheats, hints, and Easter eggs. And I was unable to find any cheats, hints, or Easter eggs for the game. So, with that, it seems that I have completed the Fun Facts and Trivia segment for World Class Soccer on the Atari Lynx. The Atari Lynx Handycast will return after this brief vintage advert. Coming to a screen near you, in over 4,000 colors, with full 
portable stereo sound on the largest portable video game screen in the world. Free, only on Atari Lynx. Batman Returns, a $50 value, free with any purchase of the Atari Lynx game system, now for a limited time only. COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Information about children with this disease is limited, but they are known to have had mild symptoms. Many organizations are responding accordingly, depending upon their area. It's best to stay home and away from others, especially when sick, and continue following healthy hand wash guidelines, covering mouth and nose and not touching your face or high-touch surfaces. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces regularly, and for more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. This has been an important public service announcement from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Listen to feedback. I didn't get much feedback since the last episode of the Handicast, which is not surprising given the relative lack of enthusiasm among Linksters for today's game, but let's see what I did get. Apple Podcast Reviews I got this review of the Handicast on Apple Podcasts from Mongrel Dog God in Australia. A lot of care has gone into these podcasts, and it brings back great memories from playing the Lynx in the 90s. Well done, Mark, and it is an invaluable tool for enthusiasts and well-researched and put together. Congratulations. Well, thank you so much for those really kind words about the podcast. I really appreciate it, and I'm especially glad that you're enjoying it. Keep on linksing. Facebook comments and messages. After posting a notice about episode 17, Road Blasters, on the Atari Lynx Homebrew Facebook page, I got a comment from Alan Gleaves. The best driving game for the Lynx. At this point in my coverage of Lynx games, I would agree with you, Alan. Thanks for commenting. After posting the same notice on the Atari Age Facebook page, Kevin A. Strayed said, My favorite version of this game. I love it. I'm glad you like Road Blasters, Kevin, and thanks for commenting, too. After posting my goofy feedback solicitation photo for this episode on the Atari Lynx Handicast Facebook page, John McHugh of AtariGamer.com wrote, Nice work, Handicast. I actually didn't mind this title. It doesn't have the features of European club football, but in some areas it's actually easier to control. Well, thanks, John. And Igor of AtariGamer.com posted, Sports games. Three vomit faces. I understand that completely, Igor. Eric Perez on the Atari Lynx fans' Facebook page, after posting a photo of himself as a child in 1992 with his newly acquired Atari Lynx 2, I commented, Great pick, Eric, and it proves that you've been a Lynxster longer than I have, smiley face. Eric responded, Thanks, but your podcast is keeping the Lynx alive. I love the Road Blasters episode. Can't wait for the next. Well, thanks, Eric, and I hope you're enjoying the next episode so far. And after posting a notice about episode IN02, Interview with Scott Rhodes, on the Atari Lynx Homebrew Facebook page, I got a comment from Eugenio, TrekMD, who said, Nice interview. And I responded, Thank you, Eugenio. I had a lot of fun doing it, smiley face. Reddit comments and messages. After I posted the usual goofy photo of myself soliciting feedback for episode 18, World Class Soccer, on Reddit, I got this comment from Sneedy K. I just want to comment that this is a great picture. And I replied, Well, thank you. 
And I must admit to everyone that this is one of my goofier feedback solicitation photos. I've included it in the links links in the show notes for those who missed seeing it when I posted it on the various social media platforms. Unfortunately, goofy photo though it may be, it really didn't help me get much feedback for today's game, but that's okay. Twitter tweets and messages. I posted the following tweet on Twitter on May 20th. Episode 17, Road Blasters. Current status, still post-editing. Estimated release date, May 23rd, 2021. Was an hour away from posting this episode tonight. Audacity crashed and the episode was lost. We'll rebuild it tomorrow, frowny face. Then I received this brief response from Bill Kendrick of the XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Oof. I responded, Managed to string the segments back together today. Took four hours, but at least it's done. Thumbs up, smiley face. And for you listeners, I actually got episode 17 out the next day, on May 21. No thanks to the Audacity audio editing software that I use. But I was still a bit angry after that crash. And I have determined that even though Audacity is free, I feel that I deserve some money back. Also, in responding to my notice that episode 17 Road Blasters was available, Bill Kendrick corrected me on a tidbit that I had mentioned about the game. Regarding 2 meg versus 256 kilobytes, back in the day, lots of game publishers and media would count things in megabits. So that magazine was saying 2MB, capital M, little b, not 2MB, capital M, capital B. Clear as mud? Wink. I got it, Bill, and thank you for straightening me out about the differences in nomenclature between 1990 and today. And I know that Road Blasters wasn't the first game that I've covered in which there seemed to be a huge discrepancy in the documented size of the game's ROM. I can't remember what the other title was. In any case, I'll keep that caveat in mind in my research and in my coverage of upcoming games. Cheers, Bill. On the same post, I also got a tweet from Ebhead1991, who said this in referring to the promo for the handy shop that I included in the Road Blasters episode. Happy to hear Bob Shermack make a long overdue return to the repertoire. Great episode as always. And I tweeted back, Thank you. It was rough trying to get him to come out of retirement to make a cameo. Smiley face. And for those who don't know who Bob Shermack is, just check out Zerby's Please Stand By podcast. I have a link to his podcasts in the links links in the show notes. And greetings and salutations to you all. Website and blog comments. Scott Rhodes, the veteran Atari instruction manual writer from whom I've received comments about past links games I've covered, commented about our recent interview session. Thanks for the fun conversation. I enjoyed chatting about my small place in pop culture. If you listen closely, near the end, my anxious cat, Grendel, makes an audio cameo. Smiley face. And I responded, Yes, I heard your cat. Cats are such attention hogs, aren't they? Thanks again for the fun interview. Hopefully we can do it again sometime soon. Cheers, Scott. And Scott has an email that I will read out next. Emails. You've got mail. As I mentioned, I did also get an email from Scott Rhodes. Here's what he said about world-class soccer. Hey Mark, I saw that world-class foosball soccer is next on your list, so I went out to look at the manual. It's one of the shorter, apparently quickly produced manuals, and I have only very faint memories of that one. Here's one giveaway that I wrote it. I still, to this day, give the advice to play, work, whatever, with someone slightly better than yourself if you want to get better at something. Since that's in the manual, it's safe to say that I did that one, as uninspiring as it may be. Scott. Big thanks go to Scott Rhodes, who has promised to keep us updated about any manuals he may have written for future games that I'll be covering on the Handicast. And just in case you missed it last month, you can listen and watch our conversation together in episode IN02, Interview with Scott Rhodes. 
I also got an email from Kieran Hawken of the Laird's Lair YouTube channel. In his email, he answers my question to him from last month about his interview with D. Scott Williamson, programmer for Road Blasters. Here's Kieran's email. Hi, Mark. I finally got around to listening to the Road Blaster episode. Yes, yes, I know. I'm always really behind on my podcasts due to a lack of free time. With regards to D. Scott Williamson, it was a formal interview for Retro Gamer Magazine for an article on the Atari Lynx's 25th anniversary. Due to a lack of space, only a small amount of the interview was used, about a tenth at best, and you should be able to find a scan of the article in the Atari Lynx sector group here. I say should because it seems that albums aren't showing up in groups for some reason, and I cannot find out why. It took a lot of searching to find, and I'm not sure if the link will work for you, so let me know if it doesn't. However, I do plan to publish the entire interview in an upcoming book of mine because it's just too good not to share with people. And speaking of books, I noticed you have never mentioned my Lynx book or any of my review scores. Feel free to use the reviews as you please in the podcast as long as you give the book a quick plug. This is the first volume. I have a second one, half written, and there will be a print version containing all three, yes, a third is planned out, A to Z books, as well as loads of bonus content like interviews. There is a review for World Class Soccer in the book, too, that you can use. I've also attached a review of the game from GameZone Magazine for you. These are all in the Atari Lynx sector group, too. And my listeners will have already heard an excerpt from Kieran's review of World Class Soccer from his book in the reviews and ratings segment of this episode, as well as the review from GameZone Magazine. Kieran closes his email with, As always, let me know if there's anything I can assist with further. Cheers, Kieran. Well, thank you, Kieran. I really appreciate you providing links to your article in Retro Gamer Magazine. It was a very interesting piece, and I've posted a link to the scans of it that you sent me in the show notes of Episode 17, Road Blasters. Thank you also for reminding me about your Atari Lynx book. For those Lynxsters interested in purchasing a copy, Kieran's book was e-published in 2019 and is called The A to Z of Atari Lynx Games Volume 1. I have posted a link to the Amazon Kindle edition of the book in the Lynx Lynx section of the show notes of this episode. Finally, Kieran, thank you for providing a scan of the GameZone magazine review of today's game. I had already found it in archive.org, and I included excerpts from it, as well as from your own review of World Class Soccer in your book, in the reviews and ratings segment heard earlier. Always good to hear from you, Kieran. Keep up the good work in supporting the Atari Lynx community, and thanks again. Cheers. And to all of my beautiful listeners who provided feedback for this episode via comments, emails, or otherwise, a big thank you. I really do appreciate it. Wrapping it up. I've reached the finish line for my coverage of world-class fussball soccer. Foosball. Right. Uh, again, sorry. Foosball. So, Monty, I'm still a bit confused about the foosball soccer football naming thing. Can you possibly enlighten me once and for all about the name of today's game, please? Right. Soccer is known as football in almost every country in the world except in the USA, Australia, and a few other countries where the game is known as soccer. America and Australia each have their own games known as football. That game differs completely from the game of soccer. In Germany, soccer is also known as football, but in the German language football is pronounced Fußball. But they're all the same game, no matter what it's called. 
Have you got it? Yeah, I think so, Monty. Except, what's footy? Quiet, you. Well, in any case, everyone, please be sure to check out the show notes for much more information about today's game, no matter what it's called, as well as a list of online retailers where you can purchase a copy of it, if you so desire. And don't forget that my show notes also provide a full listing of all of the awesome homebrew and aftermarket links titles that are currently available at LukeSoft in Germany, Songbird Productions in the U.S., and Telegames in the U.K. It's all in the links links in the show notes or at atarilinkshandicast.net. And if you're in a shopping mood, while you're on the website, please check out The Handy Shop, the online store that Monty and I run. We have lots of official Atari Lynx Handicast branded merchandise to appeal to the tastes of any Lynxster. And any purchases that you make help Monty and me to offset the hosting and domain costs associated with the podcast. Just go to atarilinkshandicast.net slash handyshop and have fun browsing. On the next episode of the Handicast, I'll be covering the first of two football games for the Lynx. Oh, bloody hell. Here we go again. No, 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 no. Don't worry, Monty. It's not about soccer. It's about American football, but with robots. In fact, you've stated before that it's your favorite Atari Lynx title, Tournament Cyberball 2072. Oh, right. Brilliant. I can't wait. So, Linksters, please try to get your feedback into me for episode 19, Tournament Cyberball 2072, as soon as possible, so that Monty doesn't have to wait. In future episodes of the Atari Lynx Handicast waiting in line at the concession stand underneath the bleachers are Episode 20, Ninja Gaiden Episode 21, Robotron 2084 Episode 22, Paperboy Episode 23, APB And Episode 24, Rygar So until then, thank you all for listening. Please be sure to visit the Handy Shop and most importantly, Linksters, keep, keep on, on linksing. Okay, Elvira, take us out of here. Leaving so soon? Thanks are in order for the Free Music Archive, which allows for the song 8-Bit Core by Tagirigus to be used as the opening and closing theme music for the Atari Lynx Handicast under the Creative Commons license. The Free Music Archive also allows for the following songs and artists to be used in this episode. Berghain Instrumental Mix, Lunar Orbit, Lunar Phases, Lunar Walk, Stolen Moments Instrumental Mix, and Times of Your Life Instrumental Mix, all by Monkey Warhol. I would also like to thank Ferg of the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast, Shinto of the Atari Jaguar Game by Game podcast, and Zerby of the many Zerbinator Land podcasts, including the excellent Please Stand By podcast. The help and inspiration that Ferg, Shinto, and Zerby have provided in my brief podcasting experience are invaluable to me, and I really appreciate it. Finally, I would also like to give my heartfelt thanks to my beautiful wife, Lizzie. She has put up with me and with this strange podcasting thing with the patience of a saint, and I could never fully repay her, but I will definitely try. Nudge, nudge, snap, snap, green, green, wink, wink, sign them all. The Atari Lynx Handicast is a proud partner with AtariGamer.com. If you are looking for the latest Lynx news, interesting Lynx articles, a full list of Atari Lynx games, and a one-stop compendium of all things Atari Lynx, you can't do any better than visiting AtariGamer.com. Tell them Monkey sent you.
The Atari Lynx Handycast is also a proud member of the Throwback Network. You can listen to all of the great retro-themed podcasts on the network, including this one, by visiting throwbackreviews.com. Just click on the podcast's link in the top menu. Episodes of the Atari Lynx Handycast can be found on Apple Podcasts. Please take time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that other interested listeners can easily find the Handycast. In addition to Apple Podcasts, the Atari Lynx Handycast can be found everywhere that podcasts are sold, including Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, Deezer, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Spotify. Be sure to check out the Atari Lynx Handycast website. All of the episodes can be found there, including show notes and a list of upcoming episodes. You can even purchase Handycast-themed merchandise such as mugs, mouse pads, t-shirts, and tote bags. They're all in the handy shop on the Handycast website at atarilinkshandycast.net. And also don't forget to visit the Handycast blog page at atarilinkshandycast.blogspot.com. Also, you can follow the Atari Lynx Handycast on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash Atari Lynx Handycast. Plus, you can also follow the Atari Lynx Handycast on Twitter and on Instagram. Just search on both platforms for Lynx Handycast. And Reddit users can find the Handycast at reddit.com slash users slash Atari Lynx Handycast. Finally, you can send Mark Little an email and let him know what you think about any episodes of the Atari Lynx Handycast. Or you can provide your own feedback about any Atari Lynx games. You can even suggest future topics or possible interview subjects for future episodes. Or you can just simply say, hi. Just write to him at mark at atarilynxhandycast.net. Thank you for listening. This is Montague Habisham wishing you all a jolly good evening. Finally, stradding the... Stradding? Straddling the bottom of the lime green frame box. Straddling the bot. Let's try that again. Strad... Measuring the usual four and seven... Measuring the usuals... This was the only Lynx game for which Niamiak. This was the only Lynx game for which Niamiak. Niamiak? Graphic work for World Class Soccer was completed by Rin. Rin? Did engineering and graphics work for the 1991 title. For the 1991 Lynx title, Pack. Clifford Falls and Chuck Batsum provided the music for World Class Soccer. Okay, I think the wren is gone now. The animated soccer ball begin. The animated soccer goal. The animated soccer ball again rolls across. The game ends when the predetermined time period expires. Whichever team has scored the most goals at this point is the winner. Whichever team. 
Wow, somebody just called me. European Soccer Challenge certainly delivers. European Soccer Sal. European Soccer Challenge certainly del Ah. Keep on linksing. Turning the page. Turning the page that won't turn. Yeah. Turning the page. Episode 20, Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. Let's try that again. Episode 20. You, uh, you guys don't mind me chilling out in here, do you? No. Chill out. <laughs> Did you see the match last night? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Did we? Whoa. Wow. What a match. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all of the players, players. running up. Pitch running, running down as it gets. Such athleticism. You demand. What was Rooney thinking of there? Oh, who knows? Yeah. That's oh, Rooney. He is a foolish boy. <laughs> yeah, but that that referee. I'm sorry, the referee is just an idiot. Yes, he was certainly the villain of the piece. <laughs> the Atari Lynx Handicast is made possible by a grant from the Telesearch Group and by the generous support of listeners like you. Thank you.